Welcome to Marriage with the Millers, everybody. So good to have you here for another episode. Honey, how are you? I am dealing with stuff. You're dealing with stuff? Yes. That's a great welcome to our audience. (laughs) How are you? I am dealing with stuff. (laughs) I feel like I'm dealing with the stuff too because I was actually outside all day today doing some work outside actual work on my computer Um, and then I did work on the house outside because there's always little things for us to fix and now I'm stuffed can you hear it? stuffy not stuffed as in meal stuffed but stuffy I feel stuffed like (laughs) like my nose has been stuffed up no the right thing to say is stuffy (laughs) Well, not the same things I'm dealing with. I'm dealing with a child that's way too big and that is pressing me from the inside out. Keeps kicking, pushing, and taking You're away. You're pregnant? No. Oh my God. Taking away my breath. What is happening? This child. Seven months tomorrow. Seven months. That's amazing. Seven whole months. So if you're joining us for the first time, uh, it's great because it's only our second episode and we're so glad that you're here. Uh, This is an interactive podcast, is it not, love? It's meant to be. It's meant to be. It's meant to be. It's up to the people to bring on their questions. It's up to the people. And uh, Alini and I have been married for 20 years and we have a few years under our belt in pastoral work and counseling couples. Alini has a specific study done that you did, right? You want to share with the people what your uh, what your stripes and uh, belts? My stri- belts and stripes. <laughs> no. What's uh, your rank? No rank. I just went to school for a lot of years and came out with a master's in marriage and family. Um, We're reminded of every month. We're reminded of it every month, still paying for that. So, you know, yeah. hopefully we'll get to use some of it. Well, that's the point of this podcast, right? We're going to put that to good use and offer some insight. And uh, hopefully it'll be helpful uh, to couples uh, who are interested in investing in their marriage. So don't be shy. Uh, everything you submit is definitely private unless you would like to make it public. And uh, we, we take it very seriously, uh, privacy. And uh, we'll make sure that uh, we'll do our best to answer the questions and make sure that uh, we can offer some guidance and wisdom in what's needed. We will give you our two cents. Our two cents, that's right. So before we get to our main topic, we have a segment that we call Tales, Tips, and Trends. So let's go. Tales, Tips, and Trends. How do you like a little jingle, honey? I know. I wonder who did that. That was uh, inspired. 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 Perspired. <laughs> Here's the trend that we're going to highlight today. It's a good one. Are you ready for this? All right. Couples who live together before marriage are more likely to divorce. Did you know that? I actually had heard that. So it's been published on Psychology Today. Um, and there's a few other sources. But this is pretty recent. This was published last year. And it was based on a research done a couple of years ago uh, where they were trying to debunk actually that, that um, notion that 
cohabitating before marriage leads to a higher rate of divorce. It doesn't make that it doesn't mean that every couple will get divorced, but uh, obviously, but there is a higher probability that those who cohabitate before marriage um, that they will have a harder time in marriage. I guess the whole myth about you have to try to see if it's going to work out, if you're going to be if your chemistry is compatible, or if apparently know. that's the actual problem is that when you take on the mentality of let me try this out. What you're really saying is, let me try out my partner yeah, and let me have an out. So you are overimposing your preferences in the sense that if this doesn't please me, I'm out of here. Yeah. And whereas marriage is the opposite, is I'm giving myself to you and we're vowing uh, ourselves yeah. to each other. So it's a more definite decision. Uh, here's another thing that's interesting with that is that in the 70s, the percentage of couples that were cohabitating was less than 1%. Now it's 15%. It's more socially acceptable. It's expensive to have a wedding. And it's more convenient to just move in and share the bills uh, without having you know, to go through the whole courtship process and get a ring and pay for a whole wedding, which these days couples are paying for their weddings. The tradition of family members paying for the wedding is no longer yeah. the norm. In, yeah, in Western civilization. Obviously, we share this trend not to condemn anybody or to make people feel like, oh my God, what's happening? Am I at risk? Uh, but it's important to know because if you did cohabitate before marriage and then you did get married... Uh, that mindset of if it doesn't work out, I'm out of here has to go. I, and I think that's for married folks too, not just those that cohabitated or not. Many 100%. walk into marriage today thinking, well, I'll marry, yeah. sure. Yeah. But then if it doesn't work out, we can always get a divorce. It's easy. Yeah. If you go into a marriage with that as an option or as like a back pocket, you know, yeah. trick card that you play every time, you know, yeah. ugh you're you're setting yourself up for failure yeah if you are living with your partner at the moment we are not telling you you're doomed what we are saying is make sure that as you walk into marriage you don't take the thought process into marriage make sure that you are committing to your partner for life and that two are becoming one and once you're one that is indivisible with liberty and justice for all. <laughs> wow. You just went from... <laughs> you just went from like marriage counseling to the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> Why not? Um, well, the question... I, I, would, I would probe a little bit further and make you uncomfortable. Why not get married? Why aren't you married? Because if there's anything keeping you from marriage... That's not a good sign. Well, That's a red flag. Well, to, I would... And if you say it's finances, we can't afford a wedding. No. My friend, the wedding is not the biggest thing. Any, I've, I've been to so many weddings. I've been to weddings that are... Backyards are great. $100,000 wedding. And let's go to the court and have some friends. And every single one is special. Yep. So special. 
It's holy. It's beautiful. And I am sure that if you talk to your family and friends, everybody will contribute for a dinner. And you can celebrate your little heart out. You can mark it. Yeah. Find a pastor, a minister, somebody that will do the ceremony. Uh, my point is the wedding is no barrier for you to not be married. Because you can make that day special, but it's a day. It's a few hours in one day. Yeah. I don't want to dismiss it because it is a holy ceremony, the fact that you would bring families together and that you would commit yourself to the person you love for forever. That's important. But that's the beginning. So if there's any hesitation, then why are you living together? Yes. Let's that's just the say question. that. So let's just drop it right here. Let you because this is not the main topic. This is not the main topic, but just food for thought. Mm-hmm. Don't want to ruin your day today. Just mm-hmm. make you better. Dang it! Why did I listen to this podcast today? <laughs> Should have skipped it. I knew it. Well, we always bring you good things. I'm actually excited about our main topic today because it's something that I feel lots of couples deal with, lots of married couples deal with. And I'm just going to read the question exactly as it was asked by one of our listeners. How to make sure you're not holding things so they turn into bitterness toward your spouse? Ay, ay, ay. So what do you need to do to make sure that things small or big are not held to the point of resentment, bitterness, and just that thing that changes the way you see your spouse in my thought process the first thing you don't do is sweep it under the rug so don't sweep do talk <laughs> that's talk a really about it that's a really good point i feel like that's a point of uh that's a point of challenge for me mm. i tend to process things internally and think about them before I bring them up. I mean, I don't think that they should be brought up in anger or explosion or when you're feeling the heat of whatever, right? You can you can bring it up in the wrong way. There's a way to bring it up. I think um, you know yourself if you are a reactive person, personality that's reactive and yeah. You know, you just come out and say everything you need to say and who cares about what what the feelings of your partner is going to be, but you just have to get it out. That's not going to be productive. If you're a verbal processor, you need to do a little bit of processing before this conversation. Yeah. Whether you have a good friend or somebody you can trust that's not going to actually influence you, but let you speak it out. Yeah. Right? I think there are ways to. Com- communication is an art. And you learn to communicate well. Yeah. Right? So not vomit on your partner or your spouse. Communicate with your spouse is the goal here. So what do you do? You get rid of the, or you minimize the emotions and you seek to understand. That's. You say minimize the emotions. That's, that could be misunderstood. Can you expound on that? Yes. Well, because. You don't, you can't communicate in the heat of the moment and in the heat of your emotions. You have to process the emotions a little bit. You mean you have to analyze the situation, not without the emotion, but more objectively. 
yeah, you have to be able to take a step back from this. If this was someone else you were you were listening to, like if this was not you, if this was a friend you were giving an advice to, if this was someone else going mm -hmm. through it and not you, because when you are in all of the emotions, you're going to end up inevitably saying something that you either didn't mean or that's not going to contribute. Yeah. There's no win. So somehow you have to be able to step back on all of that for a little bit to have this conversation. And the way I tend to um, tell people is to seek to understand before seek to resolve. That's very good. So whatever the situation is, whatever is uh, coming up, right? Again, we're talking about not letting it become bitters, bitterness. Yeah. So that means there's something caused a, fr a fracture or a disagreement or whatever. And so seek to understand why, number one, that hurt you the way it did. Number two, why you're responding the way you're responding. Number three, why did the person say what they said? What were their intentions? Yeah. Like, I think that also it's important for people to define the thing because as you were saying it could be words it could be an action maybe the thing is not what you think it is because we can we can make assumptions yes of what that thing is before we actually clarify you make assumptions on their intentions you make assumptions on their actions you make yeah. assumptions on what you received that's why clarification is yes. so important so before you flip out, before you walk out, before, you know, all that stuff, seek to understand. Seek to understand. Seek to understand what really was the intention of the, of the communication, of the action, of the whatever it was, right? Different yeah. scenarios. Um, and then maybe after that, once you fully understand, you can move into maybe one forgiveness. Yeah. Right, you can move into okay. I can understand their train of thought. I can un, I I can see their intention was not to hurt me. I can understand. I can process this now. Yeah. Right. It's not a crazy cycle of emotions, but I can actually process what just happened, and I realize I can forgive. I can let this go. Or two, some things actually need to be fixed. Yeah. So they become bitterness because they never get resolved. Yeah. And it's so just faster. You kept you kept getting keep yeah. getting blows long enough and yeah. that wound never heals. And there's yeah. no way. Like you're gonna have a scar, you're gonna have you know, yeah. it's it's, it's an open it. wound. It's an open wound. And it keeps getting hit. Yeah. And some of it just needs to be fixed. And so maybe yeah. your partner does not realize what it's doing to you. Yeah. Maybe you've never actually, because you don't talk about it, haven't vocalized how much that hurts you and how much that thing that they keep doing you know, or have done is... I think there are degrees, right? If it gets that difficult, where you need to get help. Yeah, 100%. You need to seek a third party that is neutral, not your buddy, not your friend, not your mother, not your dad. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You need to get, you need to get good counsel, so a third party, somebody that is impartial, that will have the experience to look at the situation and offer if not if not offer pathway a pathway to the solution offer a space where the problem can be resolved peacefully yeah ideally somebody that both parties respect right 
Yes. Need somebody that both of them can look at and value their opinion and their thoughts. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, though, it has to be mutual, right? Yes. Marriage is a very mutual thing. Yes. And when it comes to even this component, I mean, unfortunately, if you have, if you're married to somebody who is unwilling to see their wrongs, yeah, and unwilling to confront that sometimes you know, they can mess up or make mistakes as well. Um, your path to keeping a clean heart will have to do with you being at the foot of the cross a lot. Yeah. And kind of asking, you know, God to help you c remain and keep a clean heart because there's only so much someone can take. Yeah. You know, and the reality is that forgiveness is a supernatural thing in many ways, too. Yes. You know, being able to live a life that's free of bitterness and resentment is a godly thing. And, True. you know, we all hope that marriages would be where both parties want to make it thrive and both parties are working at it and mm -hmm. are willing to see their effects on that marriage. Yeah. But that's not the case for everyone. Yeah. And if you are not in a marriage where it's equal like that, um, you will have to do some work in... Um, good counsel and yeah. friends and places to relieve that and you know and try your best to actually communicate with your spouse in a way that they understand and that they respond absolutely i also think that it's important to note that in some situations not all situations but in some situations you will have somebody who will develop this martyr complex or maybe a savior complex where you are the one who suffers for the marriage you're the one who suffers for the uh, your spouse you're the one who paves the way for mm -hmm. um, you know the fight to end or for peaceful days and you're the one who makes the gestures and it becomes an unhealthy lack of balance. I was going to say unhealthy balance, but yes. And the problem with that is you think you can do it long term. No. And you think it's honoring. You think that you're loving your husband or your wife well by being always the one who forgives, always the one who makes room, always the one who makes concessions. And being the one who lifts the other one. There's no criticism. There's only compliments. There's only honor. And I'm going to behave as though this person is the ideal person uh, that I believe he or she is meant to be. Yeah, well, what, what you will produce is bitterness against yourself. And against that person. Bitterness is, is setting in. At yeah. the deepest level. Oh, yeah. Because guess what? If there's no mutuality in the process of devotion, you will have a reckoning. Mm -hmm. And it might be two years. It might be five years. It might, it might be much later in life. But you will have a reckoning. It's going to happen. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it where they've been married for you know, 40, 50 years, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> one of them explodes. Yeah. And it's not pretty. And the family is kind of like what just Shocked. happened, right? Yeah. 
Because you get to the end of yourself. Have you ever resented me? Resented? Not that I can think of. No. I think you did. When? When I didn't offer you chocolate earlier today. Oh, yes, I did. As a matter of fact, let me tell you guys. <laughs> he brings in a peanut butter cup, sits on his desk, with two of them actually, and never offered me one. I brought one I for mean, you this night first. was okay. set up Listen, to succeed. Let me tell starters, you. For starters, I brought okay. you one. Secondly, you're pregnant, so I'm taking care of the baby. What does that have to do with anything? The baby shouldn't have chocolate at this time. Really? At night. You really? can do whatever you want, but I'm raising my child, right? Oh, my gosh. And my child happens to be in your, bu- in well, your belly right you now. you are so. going to be raising that child in the middle of the night. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, I think it was Carl Rogers. You can correct me because you have this data better than I do. That said that it is important... To practice active listening. Hmm. And the way that he described it, if I paraphrase it, is you have to get to the point where you're able to repeat to the person what the person is saying or doing to you. And try to mimic and represent it in such a way that the person says, yes, that's I understand it as I said it. Because most people don't really listen. Mm-hmm. They, they, they hear it, but they hear through their lenses, their own lenses. No, they are listening to respond, yes. not listening to understand. Oh, that's a beautiful distinction. Can, you, can people... you please, please expound on that? Because this is a key in marriage. Most people... In an argument or in a confrontation, are looking for facts or whatever you're going to say to defend themselves as you're speaking to them. Or to make their case that they are right. Yeah, it's a defense. Yeah. So they're listening not to understand what you're saying so that they can understand what the problem is. They're listening to defend themselves and to show you that you're wrong. They're right. They are, they're invested in superimposing their viewpoint viewpoint mm-hmm. instead of seeking to understand what is actually happening and how to see how guys, this is, this is so important when you fight because you're going to fight and married couples. I, I used to think that fighting is a bad thing. I actually think you should fight and because fighting is what gets you aligned. Fighting is what gets your hearts united, actually, if you fight right. But you have to fight right. Most people, if you're if you're listening right now, and your fights are always negative, and it brings stress, and doesn't bring resolution, and there's no relief, you're not fighting right, you're fighting wrong. And you're probably fighting to impose your viewpoint and try to change your spouse. That's a bad recipe. If you're trying to change your spouse and make them like you, you should have just married you. <laughs> you know, uh, it's important that you seek to understand and that you, what was it, what is that that you said? You listen. 
You listen to understand. To understand. Not to respond. Not to respond. My God, that's profound. It is very, very, very important to learn to listen. Learn to listen. Not to think. Look, if in an argument you are trying to win, you already lost. If you're trying to, if you're having that argument and your sole purpose is to win this argument. Yeah. You already lost. You're making it about yourself. Yeah, it's not about solving the situation. It's yeah. not about making your marriage better. It's not about any of that. It's just you, your ego wants to yeah. win, right? And so you already lost in the marriage. So that's important because resentment builds and you hold on to it and it can become bitterness, not just because of what was done, but because your spouse's behavior, actions, words do not align with your expectations. And sometimes your expectations are good, but sometimes you just want them to behave like you want them to behave. And you want them to act like you want them to act. And it hurts your feelings that they don't. Now, if they're doing something bad, nefarious, hurtful, that needs to be corrected. But if you're holding on to it because you have some some idea and some illusion that they should be a certain type of person that they are not becoming, you need to let go of that, right? Mm-hmm. You didn't marry yourself. Yes. And that's a good thing. That is a very good thing. So I hope this was helpful. And I hope that uh, with time and good communication, uh, you're able to exercise these things so that you don't hold on to bitterness. Life is life is full of challenges. There, there are enough hurdles for you guys to walk together and fight together against, united in harmony. Adding marital problems, resentment, bitterness to what the world already throws at you. No, no couple should go through that. So it's important that you prioritize your marriage, love your spouse, have harmony in the home, and just have a blast. Right, honey? Mm-hmm. Have a blast. Have a blast. I will say this. You got married so that you wouldn't do life alone. Yeah. And don't do it alone. Exactly. So now we come to our last segment, which uh, I really like this segment because I have a special place in my heart for the jingle that you're about to listen. It's called... Do <laughs> you want to say it? I can't. Let come him on. hear it. Let him hear it. Just say the title of the segment. No, let them say hear it. Say it. I will not. I'm going to resent this moment. If well, you resent it all you want. Come I on. I will not. It's titled, The People Want to Know. Get ready. It's coming. The people want to know. 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 How did you like that jingle, honey? It it is so antiquated. Rock and roll, baby. (laughs) Hey. If you know anything about us, that is the last thing on this planet. A little heavy metal. 
you know, little. Like we have never played heavy metal in our house, <laughs> ever. I used to listen to heavy metal when I was growing up. I'm so glad I changed you. <laughs> you kind of changed me. <laughs> so what do the people want to know? What do they want to know this week? They want to know, what was your most embarrassing moment as a couple? I have embarrassing moments by myself. I don't know if I have one as a couple. But I will say this. Uh, bringing in my uh, pastoral experiences. Um, I was on a flight home one day. And I was going to preach the next day at church. I was supposed to land in New York to come home to Connecticut. And there was a storm uh, over New York that was stretched all the way down to Washington, D.C. So our pilot said we're going to be on a holding pattern over D.C. And I could see like the storm underneath us. And the we we're just flying in eights, one big eight for probably close to an hour. And the storm wasn't moving. So finally they said, hey, we don't have a lot of fuel to keep burning here. So we're going to fly over to Manchester, Vermont. We're going to land, de-ice the plane, wait for the storm, and fly back to New York. I thought this is a great illustration for my message tomorrow. So I got to the stage, talked to them about everything that happened. And then I said, you guys were experiencing the storm down here. And it was pretty bad, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, while you were here, I was up there in the Mile High Club. <laughs> Enjoying myself. And I sat oh on the Mile High gosh. Club. And I remember you blushing <laughs> in the front row. Because <laughs> there are certain things that I am naive about. He had that no I am innocent idea, about, guys. and I had no clue what the Mile High Club was. I just thought it was people who flew who flew a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I just have to tell y'all, he gets off of stage. No, no. I saw I, you after. I prayed a miss. I prayed after my sermon, and you rushed to the stage. Oh, you came to. The, you don't remember this. I don't know. I just remember telling you like you um, came that's on the stage for the final meant. prayer, which usually you don't. But you came and then you whispered in my ear and said, "Babe, you probably didn't mean that." <laughs> <laughs> and then it dawned on me. I, I think something just clicked, and I was like, "Oh!" So I explained it to the church. I said, "Guys, uh, I use that." We need to find term. that recording. We need to find that recording. It I don't was. think we were. Re I don't think we were filming back then. It was. It was really early in the church. We didn't. We didn't have a camera. It was bad. It was. Well, bad. I. I, honestly, I didn't see the malice in that saying, and I had heard it before, but not in the context of what it means. Do you want to tell people what it means? No, because if you don't know, you can look it up. No, they shouldn't look it up. <laughs> don't look it up. <laughs> Did the meaning of the phrase? They will just say what it I'll is. I'll say it. Sure, you tell the people. I'll say what it is. It's people who have been indecent up high on the plane. <laughs> people who visit each other in a restroom? People who have had relations in an airplane. 
Yes, that is the mile high. Well, although I don't know why they call it that. Because the plane flies at a mile high. It's about a mile. Ah, see, I didn't know that. Yeah. Definitely learning. You there taught you go. me something too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we haven't been embarrassed enough, honey. Thank God. Thank God. I wish you guys could see her right now. Her eyes were closed, looking up, like face up to heavens. Thank God. Who wants to be embarrassed? Come on. Oh, man. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Uh, Marriage with the Millers is an interactive podcast, and we would love to hear from you. So direct messages on Instagram or email us at marriagewiththemillers.com at connectcommunity.org and we will make sure that your topic is selected if it's a good one. Because <laughs> if it's a bad one, maybe not. <laughs> Thank you for listening, everybody. We love you so much and we hope to catch you next time in two weeks. Peace out. God bless.